Welcome to another episode of The Jazz Scene, giving you an in-depth look at the music and stories of the musicians performing on our stages here in Columbus. The Jazz Scene is presented by the Jazz Arts Group, America's oldest nonprofit organization dedicated to advancing the art of jazz through performance and education, and is made possible with support from foundations, corporations, and listeners like you. My name is Zach Compton, Director of Education and Community Engagement here at JAG, and I'm a percussionist performing actively here in Columbus. Um, today's episode, we are with Luke Berger, who is a second-year music student at the University of North Texas, which is one of the premier schools for jazz in the country, um, studying drum set, uh, getting an undergrad in jazz studies, uh, emphasis on the drum set. Um, Luke is a 2014 graduate of Westfall High School, which is south of Columbus near Deer Creek State Park yeah, area. Yeah, certainly Circleville area. Yeah. Was an alumni of the Columbus Youth Jazz Orchestra, mm-hmm. played in that band for three years. Correct. And was a 2014 Hank Marr High School Jazz Award winner? Uh, 13, I think. 13, okay. Somewhere in there. Yeah, which is the scholarship that Jazz Arts Group does, statewide scholarship for outstanding jazz soloists that is an audition-based thing. Um, and so Luke is a, a very accomplished young drummer starting at the University of North Texas, and we are here with him today to talk a little bit about the, the life of a young jazz musician in school and as they start to develop their career. Um, so why don't you just kind of give us a little bit of an idea of, of what your studies are like, how things are going at North Texas, and sort of the day-to-day of uh, day in the life of a jazz studies major down there. Okay, cool. So um, North Texas, uh, as you know, um, is you know, it's kind of a powerhouse in the music scene. You know, it. You look at you know some of the schools in New York. And you got Manhattan School of Music and Eastman, and you have you know all these Ivy League schools and Juilliard. And so uh, North Texas is is basically you know it's it's like a small little jazz island. You know, there's definitely a lot of things happening down there. So I'm really happy to be down there because the, one of the main reasons that I you know chose to go down there was for the faculty, especially at Soph. And when I was looking into uh, applying for schools out of high school, you know, I had the choice to be going to New York and be going, going out to that scene and, you know, paying an arm and leg, you know, to go to school. But, you know, there's a lot of alternative options, and one of the places I looked at was North Texas. So Ed Self is a phenomenal educator in, you know, the jazz world in general. As a matter of fact, he just, you know, a few years ago, he got that Lifetime Achievement Award at Gen. But... You know, I was looking, I was comparing all my options with schools and uh, had to make a decision when it comes down to, you know, I could pay 60 grand or something, you know, to go out in New York, or I can pay not even close to half that much and study with the guy who taught the guys who were teaching at those schools. Right, right. So for me, it was, you know, an obvious choice that that's kind of what the direction that I wanted to go. So the Denton scene is, is very cool. It's small, but, you know, there's a lot of, you know, it's, like I said, it's like kind of a powerhouse for musicians coming out of there. You know, a lot of the guys come out of there and go to New York, go to L.A. or Nashville or whatever. Being at North Texas is, is very intense. You know, it's, it's a very... How many music students are there? Uh, I, would, I want to say about 300 or close to 400 maybe. Wow. Um, are we talking dr- drum set? No, 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 no. Okay. We're, talking, we're talking the whole program. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think they're about... It's, it's the largest, I believe, to, to date, is the largest jazz studies program in the U.S. Mm-hmm. 
for and I think that even includes because it's a state school, it's right. not, you know. Yeah, it's 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 a really large program. There are nine big bands, so that means there's forty five trumpet players that are in a band or right. whatever, forty five whatever. Yeah, very big school. There are in the in the jazz studies department, for example, there are uh, at least forty five drum set players that wow. that audition for bands every every semester, and there are I believe sixteen spots. So there are a lot of guys that you know aren't they don't actually get to play in a band or well they don't get to play in a large ensemble with you know like a lab band right. a big band, and they're actually working in small groups or they're doing other things or you know so yeah it's very competitive but you know I I'm an intense person so that you know that's kind of the environment that I thrive in mm -hmm. you know I like I like to be in an environment where I can learn from other people and you know there's I'm always going to be challenged there's I've never had a question in my mind that you know by choosing North Texas that I would be you know I wouldn't be challenged. So I think, you know, that was one of the, you know, main decisions that I had to make, you know. Right. So um, the other really cool thing about that program is that it's not just, it's, I mean, it's a conservatory in, in a sense, you know, there's definitely a jazz scene, there's the classical scene, but there's a lot of other stuff going on, okay? I mean, all the jazz guys who are, uh, you know, in the big bands that, you know, they have their own groups in Denton that are playing in Dallas, they're touring, you know, I'm in, in a few groups that are, that are, um, you know, going out and we might even be doing a tour in um, Lebanon and in the Middle East and we might even be going to Australia and it's like a funk, hip-hop kind of thing as well. And I'm, so it's, it's not, it's not just like you're, you're kind of locked into, you know, here's a jazz thing, that's, you know, yeah. what I'm doing. Um, and, and you're not locked into, you know, that conservatory mentality, even though, you know, they do teach the fundamentals of improvisation and, um, you know, the, the, it's, it's, ve it's very much like, you know, the schools out in New York that, right. are, that are conservatories, right. but there's a little more leniency as far as to, you know, what you do with it. Right. Um, as a matter of fact, Ed Sof calls, he doesn't even call it a jazz school. You know, and he's been there for thirty some years. He calls it an improvisation school. Mm. You know, which is a which is a cool thought. You know, right. you're getting a jazz stage degree, but really it's a school of improvisation. Right. When you're getting a jazz stage degree. So, talk to us about sort of what the load of a uh, so you're a sophomore there. Right. So now you're digging in probably a little bit more into mm -hmm. the jazz studies uh, uh, meat and potatoes of what that degree is. So what, what types of classes, what types of expectations academically mm -hmm. are there in addition to the, the ensemble opportunities? Okay. Um, well, I guess, I guess, you know, the one thing that I could say about, you know, your class load and the, uh, you know, the different things that you have to take on when you go down there is that you have to be a hard worker. Right. You know, that's that's sort of, you know, that's the number one thing. If there can't be really too much um, uncertainty as to, you know, I don't really know if I want to do this thing or you, you really have to know that when when you go into it that the faculty are there to take care of you, you know, even though if you're not, you know, certain of where it's where you're going to end up, right. you know, from the start, you know, what what are these classes doing for me, my oral skills, my theory knowledge, classical theory knowledge, you know, 
you might think as a jazz studies drum set player, what is my classical theory? You going? You know, how does that you know play into you know Charlie Parker solos or right. whatever? You know how? Right. So um, yeah, you, you you're doing a lot of stuff that is you know not necessarily in you know when at least when I was there you know my my first semester we were doing a lot of things that. Um, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't that I was, I was uncertain, it was just that, you know, you don't really know where things are going, because right. you're in the beginning stages of all of those mm -hmm. things. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, it's, I would say that it's probably a very well-rounded education, even though I'm studying jazz. Right. Right. So, even I, I'm studying, I'm getting a jazz degree, but everybody has to go through the same beginning. You know, everybody starts out with oral skills and ear training and theory, and and then after those first couple semesters, you get into your sophomore year, you start branching out in, into um, you know your more distinguished categories with your music ed or performance, you know, classical performance or um, whatever jazz studies. So you, you really start to uh, dive into more specific things. Um, but, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, um, you know, it, I guess it, it changes every semester, right? right? Um, depending on what ensembles you place into. You have to re-audition for ensembles every semester, um, which is different than some schools. You know, some, sometimes it's a yearly thing. Mm -hmm. um, but the semesterly thing really keeps you on your toes. And especially in the jazz studies side of it, because uh, you don't have to be a certain degree to audition, for right. instance. So, you know, you can be a classical percussionist and still audition for lab bands and place, you know, just as equally as everyone else. Right. So it keeps you on your toes because, sure. you, you know, every semester you don't know who's, who's around, who's going to be doing that kind of thing. So... Um, yeah, on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, I would have, you know, oral skills and ear training. And um, the up, some of the upper-level classes include arranging, you know, jazz arranging and uh, improvisation courses. And there's what's called a jazz lecture series, which is where they bring in artists and uh, you get to play and talk with the artists. And, for instance, uh, just last semester, they brought in Lewis Nash, who was, you know, he, as you know, he came in through the youth program and was here and did... We did a side by side with the CJO, so it's it's kind of cool how they bring in or how all these you know people are relating. Right. You know, it's it's the jazz scene. You know, it, when you look at it from retrospect, you know, in, in a high school position, you look at it, it's like wow, it's just all these people and and uh, it, you know, there's a lot there's a lot to know, which there is in some respect, but it's also kind of a small world. Right. You know, right. in the sense of there are a lot of connections as to. Well, yeah, I've you know met Lewis Nash, and I got to play on stage with him, and then I meet him in North Texas, and it's like, okay, well he he's in charge of uh, you know some of the stuff out with the, uh, the I think it's the Grammy or I'm not sure, one of the one of the programs out oh Vale Vale Jazz oh yeah, right, yeah. so right. he does Vale and blah 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 so you get to meet these people and. Um, you know, you really start to see how the network right. of all these musicians, you know, is, is all works all together. So yeah, well, let's talk about that just a little bit. So being a guy from rural Ohio, mm -hmm. um, you know, the odds are are somewhat stacked against you as far as breaking into 
uh, a rich arts career. Mm -hmm. um, you were fortunate to have a great band director that steered you in the right direction that led you to the Jamie Abersold Summer Jazz Workshop. Right. Um, and which then, to your point, led you right into the Columbus Youth Jazz Program because mm -hmm. you met someone there that, that referred you, said, hey, you're close to Columbus, why don't you come up and join exactly. this program? Mm -hmm. Talk about sort of when did you first get into this jazz thing and just kind of take us through a quick timeline that led you sort of up into the mm -hmm. Columbus portion. Okay, so like you said, you know, coming from a rural background, you know, it's not really, there aren't too many farmers that are out, you know, plowing fields and listening to Coltrane. That's you know, right. That's, that's not right. that's not a thing that happens very often, <laughs> that's right? That's right. So, um, yeah, so coming from that rural community, it was a little, I would say I was a little unique in that sense that, you know, I was culturally diverse in, you know, both atmospheres. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a jazz background and I also, you know, lived in a rural community. So, yeah, I, I actually started listening to jazz at a, a very young age and I would say the first records that kind of got you know my ears keen to that music um, was some of the Louis Prima albums, um, and I can remember going to preschool, and my dad would put on a Louis Prima album as I was going to preschool, and and you know he'd play Sing 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 and you know the classic stuff, and right. I'd always ask him to play the drum track, you know, and you know they play Sing Sing Sing, and you know just it was, it was a lot of fun, but then you know as as I grew up through school. You know, I, I had a few records. I, I would study a lot online, you know, study the greats. I, I started with, like, Joe Morello and... and um, but you didn't start with jazz drumming, did you? Yeah, I did. Really? I did, actually. I did not uh, venture into the modern kind of, you know, contemporary music until after I started, um, you know diving into jazz. Did you start uh, as a percussionist in the band program? No, I, I actually started on trumpet. Oh. And that's kind of how I got my my taste for jazz, because I had all these Louis Prima albums. Got it. So I can remember being in middle school, and you know my band director, who was the band director for the middle school and the high school, because right. it was so small, yep. he, he was the band director for both. And one day he asked um, you know, about who some of our favorite trumpet player was or trumpet players were, and um, I said Louis Prima, and his eyes lit up. He's like, you know, it's the first time I've heard a middle school student in the middle of nowhere say, you know, that their favorite trumpet player was Louis Prima. Right, you right. know, you don't hear that very often. So, so we kind of took an interest, and in he well, he saw my interest in that music, and from there, you know, he would give me records, and we'd start, you know, sharing music together, and uh, eventually. Right before I went into high school, I decided that I, you know, wanted to play the drums. I had drums at home, and I had been studying Buddy Rich and Joe Morello, and I had been studying the history of it before I, like I said, before I had even got into John Bonham. Right. You right. know, I, I haven't, I hadn't even looked into that stuff yet. I, I had really, organically come from a jazz atmosphere. Wow. And neither one of my parents are musicians, right? So it's kind of it was it's very unique that I kind of started that way. You're like a jazz unicorn, really. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. So uh, so yeah, so so I auditioned for drums to be. I wanted to you know be in the drum program in my high school, and uh, so I I eventually you know my freshman year I started playing drums in the band and 
and I got really involved with that program. But the important part was that my relationship with my band director continued to be this sharing of music. We had a close relationship with, hey man, have you heard this? And you know, here's a Miles Davis album. Check out what he does here. And you know, and that was a continuous thing that went on all through my high school career, right. which led me to the Abersol camps. You know, I. We had called my band director one summer and was like, hey, we're, you know, or my mom called him and he was like, hey, my son's looking to, you know, do something over the summer, thought maybe we could get into some jazz camps, that kind of thing. And uh, Mark Schaffin is his name. He recommended me to Bob Brighthop, mm -hmm. who happens to be involved with JAG and also an educator at Capitol. Mm -hmm. And Bob, um, recommended that I go to Louisville to the Jamie Abersole camps. And so we, you know, packed our bags and went to Louisville, car ride. And uh, it's, it's a, I don't know, for those who don't know about the Abersole camp, you know, it's a two-week program. And it can be a week, but usually it's two weeks. And you go down there, and it's basically all the jazz idols, you know, of our time, or a lot of them at least, will go to this camp, and they will, you know, study, or you get to work with them. They're the faculty. They are, yeah, exactly. They are the faculty at this camp, and you get to work with them. But the really cool part about it, which I didn't even realize at the time, was that they set it up just like you were going to school. Mm. So every morning, you would wake up, you'd have a theory course, you'd have, you know, your piano course, an oral skills course, and then later in the day, you would go to a combo. You would, you would audition at the beginning of the week, and then you would be placed into a combo. You'd go to that combo, and um, you get to spend time working with other musicians at your level and have a, you know, a faculty member who's well, you know, obviously well-educated in the field, who's played you know, with everyone. You know. So you get to work with these people, and it was really a great experience for me um, to have a deeper knowledge of, you know, an environment. See, that's the thing. I was missing the environment. Right. Right. I was, I was studying the music um, kind of in a sheltered way. You right. You know, I was, like I said, growing up in rural Ohio, I didn't have an outlet to, you know, go and play with my friends and, right. and learn that way. So by being put in an environment where I can, you know, work and talk with people that know this music and, you know, socialize. And become a part of the, the structured culture. Right. Where you're immersed in it. Mm -hmm. and, and that was very important for me to, you know, eventually progressing, you know, finding education in that career. Mm -hmm. And that's where I met Ed Sof. Right. Ed Sof has been teaching at the Eversol Camps for years. He's a phenomenal educator. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of how all that came about and I actually went there I think two or three times to that camp over the summers and and one summer um, Rachel Kelly who was I guess working for a jazz arts group at the time um, recommended or she saw my my name badge and said hey oh you're from Hilliard Ohio which is where my dad's business is right and uh, you know through that she you recommended me for the CYJO and and then I came out and auditioned and that's kind of how everything started that way so um, you know, and then I had, you know, got to play a few years here with the, with the program, and so that's kind of how everything came about. Um, but I would say that, you know, coming from that, from that um, culturally, you know, enclosed environment of being in a rural community and 
you know, going to Abrisol Camp through recommendation, um, it really led me, it really put me on the path to where I am today. Right. You know, because I don't think otherwise, if I wouldn't have gone to, to Abrisol Camp and met Ed Sof and all the faculty there who inspired me, I don't think that I would have, you know, frankly, I don't think, I, I don't know if I would have found out or known about what was going on in Columbus as much because I lived an hour away, you know. Right. Or maybe, maybe I would have found out, but just at a later time. Later point. You know, and fortunately I found out early on in my career in high school, and that's how all that worked out. And it's interesting to point out that all the little pieces and parts of that relate to people and networks. Right. And, yes. And so for a young high schooler that's musically inclined and thinks, you know, oh, maybe I want to do this music thing in college, so much of it happens on the way toward college. And that's not, that's not a, a terrifying mm -hmm. if, you're, if it's too late if you're a senior in high school. But just to say the private teacher thing, the band director mm -hmm. relationship, it's all about these relationships and being proactive mm -hmm. to seek it out. If the interest is in you, that's something I say to a lot of students, is, is it, this whole arts thing, and especially jazz, you know, it chooses you. You, know, you hear it, like in your case, Louis Prima, and it, and it chooses you as a passion that's, that you're going to have, then what you need to do is find a way to steer it, you know. And, and whether that be your parents or your, or your teacher or your band director. Um, so what would you say to a young music student? Say I'm a sophomore in high school. I think I like music, but I don't have that pipeline. Maybe I'm in, maybe I'm in a program like this, but I don't have a band director relationship that gears yeah. me toward jazz. My band director is more classical. And it's kind of like, I'm not sure, I'm on the fence if I want to do this music thing. What would, you, what would you say to that person? Well, I think when I had to make that same decision, um, I think what the hardest thing about it is obviously just committing. Right. You know, is you're making a commitment to some, well, I guess to pursue this kind of career, you, you do have to, in a sense, make a commitment to yourself. You know, you, you have to be devoted to practicing and, you know, listening to the music and going out and seeing people play, being in the culture, right. making a name for yourself, social media, blah, 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 blah. So, um, yeah, it, the hardest thing about, you know, being in high school and not really knowing or still trying to figure out where you're going is, like I said, making that commitment. And I think um, the, I guess, you know, what made it easy for me was just my passion for the music right you know fundamentally it came down to you know I really I, I had a lot of great inspiration and that's I think what you know the inspiration is what kept me going right you know uh, I don't think I would be here doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for people like Jim Rupp or you know my band director Bob Reithop, the you know this program Byron Stripley and all these guys who have influenced me and brought me to where I am today and you know through my studies I don't think that you know I would have chosen to you know do that kind of thing so I think um, I think for the people that you know you know that sophomore in high school that are just kind of on the edge I like the music I think it just comes down to you know finding it within yourself, you know, what, it's, I mean, it's a hard decision, everybody has to go through those things, you know, who am I, you know, uh, you know, high school, that's kind of what, you know, right. what, what clique am I in, you know, who, what are my friends like, you know, um, I think, I think maybe because, of, because I was in an environment that was very different from, you know, what 
you know, the jazz culture entails. Because I was in an environment, I, I do believe, you know, I didn't have a lot of, of cultural bias in the sense that I, 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 could, I could pursue jazz and you know, I had a I had a rural community that was just oh wow that's great you know you can you can go and do those things and um, you know they, I had a really as a matter of fact my my entire school really kind of supported me um, for you know pursuing that route I would have to go to when I went out to all my auditions for school I had to miss a bunch of days because of flight times and blah and you know all that all those things I had to miss a bunch of days of school. And um, you know my my principal is like oh just don't worry about it you've missed thirty <laughs> some days so we really don't care we just want you to do you know we want right. you to succeed yeah so um, yeah I, I it's that's you know that's kind of a, a hard thing yeah you know, to really because you know everybody's different you know sure some people are more intense than others um, and I I think it just came my 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 upbringing came from this realization of you know, who I was right. and being and primarily just being influenced and having a passion for mm -hmm. the music. And I don't think if you don't have a strong passion for the music, it's it's very hard to, you know, kind of fake it. Yeah. You know, if that makes and sense. And justify the yeah. sacrifice and the hard work you're gonna have to put in. Right. And maybe some debt right. for school yeah. loans and, and exactly. et cetera, et cetera. So I, I fundamentally I think it just comes down to, you know, having a strong passion for the music. And following um, that. Yeah, and following yeah. that. Yep. You know, I, I didn't know where I was going, right. you know, in, in my sophomore year of school. Um, I knew that I wanted to pursue music, though, because right. that's the fundamental love that I had, you right. know. Right, So I, I think by sticking to that, that's kind of what, you know, that's what's led to the success I've had so far. It's right. just being able to say, this is what I really enjoy and because I enjoy it, I can make a, you know, I'll never have to work a day in my life right. because I'm, you know, doing the things that I love. Right. So I think, you know, if somebody goes with that mentality of, you know, trying to find something they enjoy that, you know, they, they have a passion for, then it should come easy. Yeah. And it's interesting also when you look at just the people, if you just took the CYJO, for example, uh, speaking about the network of musicians that, that you kind of become a part of and you realize that's right there in front of you that you're probably already interconnected to if you think about the people that were in the CYJO with you that are now in different corners of the country, you know, with mm -hmm. Micah Thomas being at right. Juilliard. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got Jalen Lake Noel, who's about to make a decision, I believe, between Louisville or Miami University. Um, Jake Smith is at uh, Bowling Green. Right. And so you have all these people just from this program alone, right. that as you go through your travels, mm -hmm. if you end up somewhere for uh, a teaching gig or a performing opportunity in that city, that's another right. connection you and can that's, make. And that's a very cool thing. Yeah. One, especially about this program, but also just about the jazz culture. Right. Because there is a small community in the sense that, you know, everyone knows everybody for the most part, right. you know. Um, so, you know, yeah, if I'm in Denton and somebody comes into town, it's like, hey, man, you know, let's, let's do something. Let's play. Right. You know, there's, it's a very open community in the sense like that. You know, it's, hey, let's book a gig kind of thing, um, which is very cool, yeah. you know. What about, so you're almost halfway through your college undergraduate career. Right. 
what are you thinking on, in terms of what kind of future, what does the future hold for Luke Berger in terms of you get out of school, you have this jazz degree, you've put in all these experiences. Is there a type of work or a type uh, a lifestyle that you're starting to see unfold for you, or is it still kind of a totally open landscape? Um, yes and no. Yeah. And then I think a lot of people in music school feel that way. Um, maybe, you know, most of the people that are getting onto their junior and senior year have really started to figure things out. But, you know, your sophomore year, you're still, I mean, in a sense, you're still figuring things out. Like, like it's just like being in high school. Right. Your sophomore year of high school, you're still trying to figure out what you want to do. Right. By your sophomore year in college, it's you know what you want to do. It's just how am I going to do that? You right. know, who are the people that I need to know? What environment do I need to be in? How do I get the money, you know, to pay for school and to pay for travel and, and those things? And uh, essentially, it's it's... I know more about, you know, where I want to go. It comes down to, you know, putting it in action. You know? So put, so paint me a picture. Where do you think, where do you think you're going to be in, uh, well, in you know, three to five couple, years? There's a couple options. Okay, three to five years. Yeah. So there's a band that I'm, that I'm playing with right now that has a potential of school, something special. You know, kind of like in the Snarky Puppy vibe. You know, Snarky Puppy was all UNT grads, and they won, I think, a Grammy. They just won a Grammy. Yeah, they just won yeah. a Grammy. And, I, and it's, you can't really put a name for that style of music, right. you know, it's all kinds of, it's jazz, it's funk, it's hip-hop, it's whatever. Right. We're kind of, I'm, I'm in a group that's kind of in that realm. We actually almost put a uh, recording on the same label. Oh, cool. So there's potential to, you know, just be touring with that band for a while. But I also have a strong drive to want to just pursue jazz music. So what that entails is, you know, I have to find a scene to do that, whether right. it's New York or uh, New York City or L.A. or Dallas or, you know, whatever. So I, you know, I'm still trying to find a city. If, if that's the route that I want to go, right. I still need to find where I'm going to fit in. Right. Now, for me, personally, because I, I grew up in such a small environment, I think that going to New York City might, you know, be just a little overwhelming. Right. You know, right. and I think that's another reason why Denton's a good place for me right now. Right, it's a good intermediate place. You know, I'm near Dallas, which is a big city. There's a great scene there, but it's not New York City. Right, right. So there's there's a good balance, you know, in that area for me culturally, for me to fit in as of right now. So now I'm I'm I can either, you know, decide if that's the route that I want to go. If I want to be a jazz musician, I want to be a performer. I want to do those kind of things that I need to find a place to play. And fortunately, I've been you know, around enough people that I've made connections in lots of different cities. I got connections in LA and New York and Dallas and Columbus, mm -hmm. obviously. And so because of that, I think it would be easier to pursue one direction over another. You know, I can go to whatever, whatever city. So right now, it's Right now, I'm, I'm still in that sophomore stage, yep. you know. I'm still figuring out what are the best options that I have. It's not, I have, you know, these goals. I, I'd love to be a Jeff Hamilton or a John Riley or iconic jazz drummers or a Jim Rupp. Right. Um, but it comes to just the environment, the people that I know and how that all plays out. So. Right. We'll see. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the band that I'm in now. Because it's kind of, it's a thing that we've put a lot of work into. 
and we're getting a lot of good feedback so far and it'll be interesting to see where that goes and how that relates to my jazz career so well we're going to be following it every step of the way and we're proud of the accomplishments you've had so far and you just like all the rest of our students have continued to reach further than any of us could have imagined. And so thanks for t taking the time to stop in and chat with us. And I'm sure that this will serve as an inspiration for young students trying to consider their options as far as school and just anybody that's interested in the inner workings of uh, a developing young musician in this day and age. Uh, it's very insightful. And thanks for your time. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. And we want to thank you guys for joining us for another episode of The Jazz Scene. We want your feedback. Visit our podcast website, jazzarchgroup.org slash thejazzscene. Subscribe to The Jazz Scene on iTunes and leave us your comments, questions, or suggestions. Our producer is Vanessa Gabriel. Recording engineer is Jesus Hernandez. And our theme music is by Michael Cox from his album, Abstractions, Dedications, and Red Dirt. I'm Zach Compton, and we hope you catch our next episode of The Jazz Scene.